Well, good evening to each of you. It's good to be here. As Dwight said, I think I know who most of you are. The ones I don't know are the ones that were 12 years old two years ago, and now they're 14, and they went from here to here, and they became young people. And it's like, oh, who are these? Who are these? But anyhow. Uh, yeah, so in, in some ways, coming here to preach is like coming to... Uh, bunch of people, a bunch of friends that I already know. So that's that's good. It's also a little different. That it's been a little while since I've gone for meetings, but a lot of times I go for meetings, I, I kind of introduce my family as a home so you can pray for them. Uh, because my wife is a home with her hands full, and uh, there's been times I've left with either when our children were lots of work, or we had one time I left her with four foster girls, and uh, so, yeah, please pray for my wife. Well, I brought my wife with me this time. And uh, the only one is at home is my daughter, Krista. She's 22, quite capable of taking care of herself. And uh, those of you who know the rest of our family, Kevin's married. And uh, so him and his wife live up there. And Carl's and Bethany teaching school. So, uh, so yeah, I brought Martha and Kira and Kendra along. So... And Katina, yes. Thanks, Kendra. She's sitting there. <laughs> Miss Katina. And I, I believe I'm replacing Howard Bean. Is that correct? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just. I'm not Howard Bean. Okay. I, I'm just not. I'm just not going to be Howard. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh, this is not in anywhere in my in my plan for the week, but I do have. I do have three words, and I. I was listening to. Uh, to uh, Finney Caravilla today, and he was talking about um, racism and the way we think and the way we integrate with groups and and so on. And he had three words. Um, and he did not apply these to the church, but I want you to tell me how they apply to the church. Um, the first one is behavior, and these are not in order on purpose. Believe and belong. So his point was was that if you're in a secular or in a um, if you come into a group of people into a new culture, uh, what comes first? Behavior or belief in their in their values or belonging to them? Like where where would you come in? What's the first thing? And I just wondered, so how does that fit in with our church life? So what's the first thing if we have someone come to our church and become part of our church? What's the first step? Is it behavior, belief, or belonging? Just think on that a little bit. Um, there's some, there's some, inter- it, tell, it might tell you a little bit about, yeah, it just, just think on that. Uh, so this week I'd like to I'd like to look at what it means to be a Christian, and I'm gonna just kind of, like the whole week you're just gonna kind of be broken down to that a little bit more. Um, kind of the nuts and bolts. I'm not a theologian, okay? I think I make a really poor theologian, uh, but this is about as deep as I get, okay? And, and I'm gonna try to explain it in ways that we can understand what it means to be a Christian, what it, the assurance of salvation, and, and how all that works. And if you have been in some of my Bible school classes, you might 
hear some of this stuff, but I, it's, it's just so foundational. I was like, so Lord, why do I preach the same thing every time I go for meetings? Like, you know, why don't, isn't there something new or I should be preaching, you know? And I was like, well, but this is like, this is good stuff. This is like, this is important. So I think this is where the Lord brought us this week. But tonight I'd like to talk about the fear of the Lord. Turn to Psalm 36, if you would. <clears throat> the outline for this message is not original with me. But I have apologies to my, my family. They've heard this many times. Psalm 36. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Like he just has, there's just no fear of God. Like he, it doesn't bother him at all. He's just, he's just fine. Um, verse five. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Thy faithfulness reaches under the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a very great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. So now these are those who trust in the Lord. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, in thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen, they are cast down, and shall not be able to rise. So I'd like to contrast here verse 1, where there is no fear of God before their eyes versus the righteous who drink of the river of his pleasures. Those are two different two different things there. Psalm 34 says, Come ye children and hearken unto me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We're going to describe what fear is tonight, but fear is, the fear of the Lord is something that we learn. It is also the beginning of learning. Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, it's, it's a proper understanding of who God is when we, when we think of the fear of the Lord. And when we get that, it's, it's the foundation for our whole life. Like, if we don't, if we don't understand God, we just don't, it just is a completely different foundation. Um, we come to a different conclusion about life. So we teach that you should be morally pure. And this is, because this is what God says, okay? That's, that you just do it. Well, the world says, well, you're not going to be morally pure, so this is how you do it so you do not have children or whatever the case may be. They're looking at the consequences of that. And we, so our, um, the oldest of our foster girls that we had, she just turned 17, and she just had a baby. And they're all excited about this. This is the greatest thing in the world. This is great. She's got a boyfriend, and we're like, so how, how do we... We, we didn't want to, we were invited to the baby shower. We, well, we didn't want to go to the party. Uh, but we wanted to, you know. So we took her and her, bo- her, and her boyfriend out for, for supper. Martha and I did. Um, just kids. I, I mean, really, just, just kids. And, but this is great. This is what grandma did. This is what mom did. This is what she does. They're going to get their own house and they get, and, and you know, we look, this is terrible. But they don't have that foundation. They look at life completely different. 
You know, if, if you have if you have the fear of the Lord, it just changes your whole home life. One of the lawyers told me one time, and he's a professing Christian lawyer, and he said that um, that they very seldom see good families in a foster care case. So this was his quote. Generally, when we have a mom and a dad, and the children are their children, okay, it's like not a split up home. When we have a mom and a dad, and the children are their children, we don't have this problem. Because we have the fear of the Lord. We just have a different foundation. And it just it just changes us. We look at the world and you know, I, we look at the world and we say, Oh, God made it. And sure it's deteriorating, but that's what happens with the world because of sin and the sin nature, and it's deteriorating. But we know God said as long as you know the seasons shall not as long as God keeps the world going, it's gonna go. And you know the world looks at it and says, If we don't fix this problem by the end of this decade, we're doomed. Like humanity is we're done. And so we spent, I'd really like to know, we've spent millions, I'm sure, at least many, many thousands flying Minnesotans over to Denmark so that they can sit there and make their little spiel about how bad, how quick we're going to die because they just flew their jets over there and all that, all that pollution. And we just look at it and say, well, you know what? The world's deteriorating because that's, the world's been warming ever since the ice age after Noah's flood. You know, it has been. The ice age has been receding ever since. Um, there's evidence the ice was all the way to Iowa. Aren't we glad the world warmed up? Otherwise, we'd be living in ice. Um, and maybe it'll be better when it warms up more. I don't know. But but we have a different perspective. Someone asked Ken Ham one time, they said, so why do you believe in God? And he's like, well, it'd be illogical not to believe in God. Like, we have to believe in Like, that's our foundation. What, what else would we do? If uh, If we were all evolved, then we would all come from things from different ways and our brains would not even work the same. Like, I could not have a conversation here with you that you would understand what I'm talking about because you're from wherever you came from and I'm from here and we evolved completely different and like our brains wouldn't even work alike. But we all work the same. I heard a geneticist today say that, you know, 99.9% of humans are the same. Like all the races. Okay, our, our DNA is like 99.9%. Like we're, we're not that different. Um, we're a lot alike. So we, but when we understand who God is, that just changes our our view of life. So I can talk about things tonight, and you get it because you understand God. I don't have to explain a bunch of things, but you get it because that's is our foundation. So the the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is is not. Um, it's, it's actually quite com- complex in a way. Isaiah 33 and verse 6. I just want to look at one verse here. Um, it says, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and the strength and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. This understanding of who God is is a treasure. It's something we need to be very glad we have. Um, how many of you like being scared? If you ever go on a, some of these rides, you know, like roller coaster or something, you know, it's, it's, it's desert, designed to scare you. But most of us don't like fear. But it's healthy. When I'm working on a roof and it's steep and it's high, um, it's good to be scared, okay? That's, that's just very valuable or you're going to trip and fall off. It's good. It's a treasure. Um, we're going to guard it. 
Um, we're going to look for it. There's the parable in the New Testament of the of the man there who was looking for a treasure, and he went looking for that and sold everything that he had. The fear of the Lord is that treasure. It's that foundation which which uh, is it's it's our foundation. Um, but it's it's not the fear of the Lord is like how would you describe that? Is it something that we're scared of? Is 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 it just you know to drink of the of the pleasures of this river of life? It talks there in Psalm thirty six. That doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like um, a fearful thing. Um, the wicked don't have fear, but the righteous have fear. But is is it? We're not talking about the 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 uh, emotion of fear. But yet, that's part of it. Like when you try to describe the fear of God to someone, how do you describe it? Well, the fear of the Lord. Well, are we scared of Him? Well, no. But well, yeah, maybe you should be. Uh, so that's what we want to look at tonight. Romans three is kind of goes along with uh, the passage there in Psalms thirty six. <clears throat> Romans chapter three and verse ten. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Their tongues they have used deceit, and the poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace have they not known. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. Back a little bit to the foundation, a little bit. Um, I was just, I was just thinking today. Uh, we found out last night that one of our neighbor girls, who is twenty-five-ish, uh, she was actually baby. One of the church families used to babysit her. Um, so I'll give you some pretty deep information here. But she became a guy. So Samantha became Samuel. And so we've always called her Sam or Sammy, so I guess I could keep calling her Sam or Sammy, I don't know. But anyhow, and then, but, so she be, she became a transgender to become a guy, but then she was gay. So then she was hanging out with a guy. So in other words, it was still a girl with a guy, okay? It's interesting how they, they pull that off. But her her guy was in the Middle East somewhere. I'm sketchy on the details. I just found out last night. Was in the Middle East somewhere and she went over to rescue him. I don't know what that meant. I don't know where he was, what his problem was. But you know how those kind of people are viewed by the Muslims. And she was burned alive. Now what's our response to that? See, the world looks at it and says, oh, that was terrible. And we agree it's terrible. There's a lost soul. But the world looks at it as someone who's just discriminating against. See, our foundation puts us in a completely different place. When we're praying for the people in Haiti tonight, I think everyone in our group that prayed for Haiti prayed for the captors as well. Do you realize how strange that is? You know, everyone else is, when there was, when there was a hostage over in Iran or whatever in the United States went in, they did, they weren't too worried about the captors. They were worried about getting their people out. They didn't care how many people they killed, that these captors will be become Christians. That's a different foundation. That's because we, we're kind of odd people, okay? We all think really different. So what is that foundation? What is it? 
So the first thing, that have, the first word we're going to use tonight is the word actual fear. To describe the fear of the Lord, I guess that's appropriate. So we already asked how many of you like to be scared. Do any of you like to be scared? No one really wants to volunteer for that. Um, fear is, you know what that adrenaline is when all of a sudden you're just... Something happens and you're just you're just petrified. I think that's kind of what happened to the church in Acts with Ananias and Sapphira. All of a sudden they, they got scared, okay? Um, there was fearful. They were freaking out. Oh, is, that, is that a theological word? I don't know. But they were scared. Um, they realized who God was, they realized that sin is serious, and if you don't get right with God, you're in trouble. And that, that was very that was very fearful. Um, if you didn't believe in God before this, all of a sudden you have a dead man lying here because he lied. Uh, you're gonna believe in God or you're gonna, this is, this is serious. There's no messing around with this. Um, it's just being scared. Turn to Exodus chapter 19. The next word we want to look at here is is uh, trembling. Actually, this is a this is a pretty neat uh, passage, but uh, we'll just look at one verse for now. And it came to pass uh, Exodus nineteen and verse sixteen. It came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Now, how many of you like thunderstorms? Okay, how many of you are scared of thunderstorms? Yeah, my girls don't like thunderstorms. Um, I love thunderstorms. Yeah, I just go out, bring it closer, Lord. Like, come on, just right, right here. Like, kaboom. Like, that's, that's great. I just love thunderstorms. Now, we don't have tornadoes, so I don't, there's usually not a fear factor in anything there. Um, but this wasn't just a thunderstorm. This was, God was on the mountain. This, this wasn't just because of a storm. This is because God was there. Um, it was scary. And there's lightnings and thunderings and a thick cloud and a voice of the trumpet. Imagine what that was sound. This trumpet just blast, just piercing out of the mountain. And the people tremble. How many of you ever seen someone tremble? They're so scared they tremble. There's a, we had someone one time, I, he was the moderating a meeting and it was, oh, there was probably a hundred people there. And I was at such a vantage point I could see his knees up there knocking together, okay? And this guy, you know, he's, He's 10, 15 years older than me. You know, he's this mature guy, and he was up there, and his knees were just slapping together. Um, he was trembling. We're scared. Um, this is this is really shook up. Um, this isn't just like an initial surge of fear, but this is fear that gets a hold of us on the inside. Um, this is knowing that that there's there's a God there, and they were so scared. That they told Moses, we don't, we don't even want to hear from God. I mean, if, what, what privilege would have that been if they could have all heard from God? Like God could have spoke from the mountain and they could have heard the law right there. Like that would have been a real privilege. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We're scared. Uh, we don't want to hear it. They were trembling. Go to Deuteronomy chapter two. And our, our fear is going to proceed a, l- a little bit more yet. 
and that is to dread. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 24. Rise up, take your journey, and pass over the river Arnon. Behold, I shall give into the hand Sihon, the Amorite, the king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. This day will I begin to put the dread of thee and the fear of thee upon the nations that are under the whole heaven, who shall hear report of thee and shall tremble and be in anguish because of thee. This, is, this isn't just um, being scared. This isn't just trembling. This is, they're, they're in anguish. They're in, they're in dread. So how many of you remember when the I-35 bridge collapsed in Minneapolis? We remembered it. Um, the, the part that made it more memorable was that uh, I came home that day, and I told my wife, she says, remember yesterday when we came through Minneapolis? Remember we went, we went across that bridge, and I said, look back there, you can see the metro. Remember that? She said, I remember that. I said, well, that bridge fell down today. Uh, and my wife, she got all she got all worried and all shook up and whatever. Um, and rightly so. I mean, we could have, we were just a day, day away from that. Um, but that was a different kind of fear than what I had on 9-11. How many of you remember 9-11? Okay. There was something happened that day, and I, I'm, I knew the news, my mom called work and said, you know, a plane crashed, and okay, so there's an accident, you know, and well, that's terrible. And but I can tell you right where I was standing at the job at the southeast corner of the, the house there, when all of a sudden I realized this was not an accident and this was this was big. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, now what? Um are we is our I mean our country's being attacked? Um is there more planes? Is there uh and we didn't know and and there was dread, that that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. You wake up in the morning and you feel bad and you don't remember why you feel bad and then you're like, oh yeah, that's what it was. Um, this is dread. The nations here were not just scared. They were in anguish. Um, it's despair. And when we don't know God, life is dark. There's, it's, it's fearful. You know, I, we, we had, we talked way too much about COVID at supper tonight. Finally, Dwight says, you know, I was just in a meeting. We didn't talk about COVID. And I was like, okay, I'll shut up. I won't talk about COVID. No, he didn't make me feel like that. But, you know, um, and we've all, we've all probably done our fair share of talking about COVID. But I, you know, I don't think we face it like the world does. Um, this just absolute fear and terror of, of getting this. Um, I had it now. And it wasn't fun. Um, I thought, well, maybe I should go get vaccinated. I really don't want to do this again. Uh, but I'm not like dreadfully scared. But there are people who are dreadfully, dreadfully scared, and you just just don't. I've had customers. She wanted me to work on her roof, and so I come to the right and re- wrote a bid, and I, you know, tucked it through the glass, and she's inside, and I'm outside, and she doesn't want to talk to me, you know. And my brother-in-law said he had the same thing happen. And finally, asked the lady, said, "Would you like me to go to my truck and call you?" Yes, yes, that would be good, you know. Uh, so he goes to the truck and calls her and talks to her on the phone, you know, because she's scared. This is dread. And when we don't know God, and when we we see a bit of who this God is, and we see what He's working, but we don't know Him, and we're not ready to meet Him, it's it's fearful. It's a fearful thing. Um, we despair. We wake up. We wake up scared. We go to bed scared. Uh, 
I mean, how many of you remember what it was like when you thought maybe the Lord, maybe that someone was raptured and you didn't get a go? Like, where's everyone at? Have you ever had that experience when you was before you were saved? I remember that. Uh, we just had a young man in our church that happened to, and he's not young. Um, and it resulted in some real mental anguish before it was all said and done. Dread. And I said the fear of the Lord is a treasure. It's something we're supposed to be happy with. We're supposed to guard. Um, and this stage of the fear of the Lord is a very is a very dreadful thing. But we need this this stage though because it helps. It it's the kind of the foundation that helps us understand it better. But as we as we learn more about God and and we learn, we start to see God and the things that He is. We have another response, and that would be awe at who this God is and what He does. All of a sudden, we can look at if so. If if you have a right relationship with God, imagine looking at the the Mount Sinai through that perspective, and all of a sudden. Whoa, did you see God's up there? Like, did you hear that thunder? You hear the trumpet? You see the lightning? Like, God's there. Like, that's really cool. Like, maybe we all we bow down and scared too, but like, it's a different perspective. I, I wonder what, so there really is a God. I wonder what He can tell me. Um, what can I learn from Him? We went to, uh, the planetarium at, at, uh, Creation Museum. Now, any of you ever been there? So maybe this is all old. Hat to you, but the thing that really impressed me was they they took us in there, and this was a number of years ago. But they fly us out, you know, in the planetarium, and you're sitting there, and all these galaxies are flying by you, and they take you to the outer edges of outer space. Don't ask me how they know where the outer edges of outer space is, but there it is. And they and from there they turned us around and they flew us back towards Earth, and they said we're going to go 90 percent of the way to the Earth. Okay, so if this is from the outside of edges to the earth, back to here, we're going to come 90% of the way. And there was this frame there, and we'd fly through that frame. And then we flew through another frame. We got another 90% closer. And then we flew through another frame. And we got another 90% closer. Now we're pretty close, right? Like we've gotten how many? We're, we're not that terribly far away. Now the Milky Way is our galaxy. And the Milky Way is 80,000 light years across, which is... 7 quadrillion, 820 trillion, 928 billion miles. Okay, that's, that's the Milky Way, where, where we live. And our, our, um, that's our galaxy. There's 200 to, 2 to 400 billion stars there. And our sun is just one star of the 2 to 400 billion. And then that's little planets here, they're, they're around here. So after we've come back, 90%, 90%, 90%. Finally, they said, oh, now see that little speck way out there? That's the Milky Way. That's this really, really huge galaxy we live in, okay? That's, and now it's just a little speck, you see. And then you come up close, person, and say, oh, see that little thing out there? That's our solar system there. And I was just like, this is really big. Now, this is just like, this is huge. Um, so I, I did a little math. And I hope I don't confuse you here because I can confuse myself. But if we were to make the earth the size of the, to scale of a piece of dust, a hundredth of an inch across. If the earth was one hundredth of an inch across, 
And you, and you put that in scale with the state of Minnesota, okay? So one hundredth of an inch in the state is 408 miles or 420 miles long or whatever it is. So one hundredth of an inch. If that was the scale, the state of Minnesota would still be 362 times less than the distance across the Milky Way. And that's, and when, and we had to come all the way from outer space to see that. And you know what it says in Genesis? In Genesis it says, and God made this, and God made that, and God made the other thing. Oh, and he made the stars also. He just kind of put them up there. Uh, maybe you'd like to see them. I had to tell the seasons with that, but, you know, well, made them also. Really? God did that? My God did that? Um, that that's pretty cool. Like, I, I would like to know this guy. I, what else can I find out about God? And, and we begin to have devotion. We begin to... To uh, look into who this God is, like, like, why is He so great, and and can I, what can I learn about Him? I want to study His Word. I want to, I want to hear about Him. I want to start, I start setting time aside to learn who this, who this guy is. I want to spend time with Him. I can spend time with Him, like really? You mean, like, how do you talk to God? Like, so when I talk about prayer, you all know what I mean when I say prayer because you've got this foundation. But imagine if you didn't know that like I could talk to this guy and he listens. Yeah. Um, and as I learn to know him and I learn to and I see things that he does and and maybe in the New Testament or whatever the case may be, and I, I learned that I can trust this guy. Now I just found a I just found a verse here on Sunday in Matthew chapter twelve. And this just really impressed me. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 21. So it's going, starting at verse 14, it's kind of giving, um, verse 17. Speaking of Isaiah the prophet and all these things that he does. And then it says in verse 21, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Now when we think of, when we tell someone to become a Christian or how to become a Christian, we tell them they need to put their trust in Jesus Christ, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna decide that this is where I'm putting my eggs in this basket. I'm going to put my trust here. So I've been looking for a different accountant. Mine was, uh, he does taxes fine, but I want, I want some more stuff out of him. I wasn't getting any response to my emails. So who do I trust with my accounting? Like I want someone that kind of has my back, kind of watches my books because to get the things I don't know. So I don't get audited or, you know, like I don't know all these laws. I need someone to look out for me. So I asked my brother, who do you use? Well, he has this guy, he really likes him. I said, okay, I call him. He's like, oh, we're really busy, I don't have time. Okay? He said, I recommend this person over here. Well, I really don't know this guy. Now, he's recommending someone else I don't know, and I don't know if I trust him or not. I guess maybe I could. I, I, do I send him an email and say, hey, you know, I trust you, please help me? I don't know. I found someone from Lancaster that looked like a Mennonite name and looked like a place of integrity. I don't know if he's a Mennonite. I don't know if he's a place of integrity. I don't know. Do I just trust him? I, and those are just like leaps in the dark. But notice this here. In that his name shall the Gentiles trust. This is not just like, huh, let's trust this guy over here to do this. No, this was like, we've seen him do this, and we've seen him do this, we've seen him do this, we've seen him do this. You know, I trust this guy. This is a built on a relationship. This is what's happening here. Is I, 
I'm seeing these things about God. I'm I'm seeing who He is. I'm learning about Him. And you know what? I trust Him. And so then when something bad happens, it's not just like, hmm, am I going to trust God with this or not? It's not that whether or not I do. It's that I do because I've experienced this already. It's the kidnappings in Haiti. Well, I don't, I don't, am I going to trust God with this? Well, you know what? I, we just do because we, we know He's big. We know He can handle it. Um, we don't, that's what we do. We trust. And then after I trust, then I worship. Because I see who I am, how little I am, and all that He can do. And all that we can do is bow and worship. And then, and now what would you like me to do, Lord? Lord, what wouldst thou have me to do? And then we put this thing down at the bottom here called obedience. You know, ob- obedience is... This might come back to my three words up here. Why do you obey? Why do you do what you're supposed to do? Um, why do you even do things which are not really in the line of obeying or what you're supposed to do? Um, so, someone said one time, so if you ladies make the comment that, I let my husband go fishing, they said, that's out of the line. Like, you're not letting your husband do anything. Like, he's the, the leader of the home. Like, it's not up to the wife to let your wife go, let your husband go fishing, okay? Um, but you know, sometimes I don't go fishing because of my wife. And it's not because she says I can't go fishing. In fact, she would probably tell me if I want to, I should go fishing. But I know if I go fishing, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sit there in the boat and I'm going to have a can of Mountain Dew or whatever and a candy bar and I'm going to be enjoying myself in a beautiful evening and she's going to be at home with some children that she has to put to bed because I'm not going to be home till late and all of a sudden... She's working and I'm not working. I'm having fun. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just stay home and help my wife. And it's not because she made me to, but because I want to. Um, and that's the way obedience is to God. Now, there are times when we just choose we do it because we need we need to. You just do it. And when you do it because you have to, because you're supposed to, it becomes okay. But there's also the thing of, this is who God is, and I just want to please this guy. Like I, I want to, I want to make him happy. So I have customers that I have one especially right now. She just drives me nuts. Um, she's like, "Can you come do this for me?" And I says, "Ah, oh, yeah, probably this fall. This is like in May." No, let's back up. She says, "How much would it cost to sheetrock my upstairs in my garage, her living quarters up there?" She says, "I probably won't do it till next year." Okay, about June. Hey, I think I'm going to do that. Could you come do it? Well, yeah, this fall. Well, if you have time, I'm going to be up there this week and I'll have everything cleared out for you. Well, I'm not going to have time. Well, what do you know? It rained and I had time. I went and did that first little bit and then she moved that stuff back and I did this over here the next day it rained. Now she sends me emails that say, so when will you be able to come? I hope it's raining. (laughs) You're not making me very happy. Like you're not really making me want to come work for you. Uh, she, yeah. 
I told you I could come this fall. That means when it gets cold. That means it just got cold and I've already done a whole bunch of stuff for you this summer. So when are you going to come again? Well, if you can't come by this date, I really don't want you to come until... Mary, you're not making me happy. So I go to my accountant the other day. I said, okay, how would you like... By the way, I got a hold of my accountant. My email was all going to a spam. Okay, so we got that all straightened out now. Uh, I said, so what kind of a customer would you like me to be? Okay? That's what we're doing here. We're saying, God, how would you like me to be? Okay, I really want to be the kind of guy that you like because I, I want to please you. Is it because I'm scared? Well, that might be part of that. That's maybe the foundation up there, but really it's because I've learned to trust you and I worship you and I, I would like to please you. So when I heard this preached, my daughter was taking notes and it was not a Mennonite church even. We were traveling and, and he was going through this, this whole sequence of events. And he gets to this point here and this was his last point. And then all of a sudden, at least this is the way it was evidenced, it looked like it anyhow, and, and yeah. Go to 1 John chapter 4. And all of a sudden he says, oh, and then, go to 1 John chapter 4, and all of a sudden it clicked with me, and I got my pen out, and I started writing down these points as quick as I could, and got some from my daughter. Um, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, um, verse 18 rather. There is no fear in love, but perfect love doth what? Casteth out fear. All of a sudden, I've come to the place here where I'm not, this fear part here is no longer here anymore, okay? I'm not scared anymore because I have perfect love. So, one of the, Brother Joel in our church, uh, we had a men's, men uh, accountability group for a while, and one morning he was, he was praying, and and so this is the way Joel starts his prayer. Good morning, Father. And then he goes on his prayer, and it's like, good morning, Father. Like, what kind of a greeting is that, you know? Why not good morning, Father? It's like, well, good morning, Father. He's he's down here, okay? Like, he's not scared of him. He wakes up and says, huh, good morning. How, you know, I don't know how your night was. I guess God didn't have a night. But uh, it, it's, good to, it's good to be here again this morning, and, and I'm glad to serve you today. And, and good morning, Father. And that's just, that's just stuck with me. Like, and perfect love casts out fear. We're no longer, we're no longer dreadful. Um, we just, that, that dread is, is gone. Um, we don't wake up in the morning and wonder what's, we don't go to bed at night wondering, what if Jesus comes during the night? Um, Am I still fearful of God? Yeah, there's a, there's a sense of this up here. <coughs> that we still understand who He is and what He's... Well, this is, this is God that is lightning and thunder and lightning and He comes down and kills Ananias and Sapphira for the sin they did. But there's still that point. We get that. But when we have this whole picture of, of who God is, and then it's perfect love casts out fear. The river of the pleasure of God. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the basis for our life. It's it's why we live the way we do. Is this is this fear of God a treasure to you? And I think all of us fit on this line somewhere. Either we're 
up here and we're fearful or... I don't know if the word is right that we should be comfortable with God, but I think you know what I mean. That's the good morning, Father. Um, because He is my Father. You know, there's this, the verse says that we are to come boldly. Um, and there's, and, and I don't want to, it can be made too light, okay? I, I know I, it can be made too light. But someone's used the illustration of, you know, the prince coming in and running up and jumping in the lap of the king because he's his father. He's, he has every right to be there. Um, and God is our father. And he loves us. And he loves us more than we love him. Um, and, and we don't, we don't need to live in, in this fear. We can, we can be here. So my, my goal this week is that we can move you Maybe this should have been ascending, I'm not sure. But we can move you closer to perfect love. And that there can be confidence in, in my relationship with Jesus Christ. That He is my Father. They're just, um, I know that uh, evangelicals have, they, some of those verses and things they use, you know, and we kind of shy away from them. And someone asked me the other day if we have Calvinists in our church, and I said, I don't think we have any Calvinists. And then he says, well, you know, we, we really we really aren't saved until we get to heaven. Like, we really can't know we're saved. Now, I mean, no, no, no. I was like, oh, maybe I'm missing something here. I don't know. Uh, but there's conf- there's confidence. We can't have confidence. Um, and I would, this week, I would like to get you to knowing how to have confidence, if that if that makes sense. So thank you for coming this evening and listening. You can pray for me as I prepare. Uh, a lot of times you go on a week of meetings, I said by the time you get to Saturday morning, you better be ready for the weekend because it doesn't stop. You get Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, it just goes. And about Monday I was like, you know, I don't get there till Wednesday. It's not like I have all week to be doing lots of studying like, it's almost like a weekend when I get there. It's just going to go, okay? So pray for me as I prepare. Um, I said we did have COVID about two weeks ago, and we still battle a bit of fatigue. And uh, so pray that we all can kind of keep our heads above water that way too.